So we're delighted to have Jeremy Turkington, Orchard Manager, and Killian Boyd, from uh, the Orchard Curator from Irish Seed Saver. So, gents, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jen. Thanks very much. So this is now harvest time, and it is, of course, apple season. So tell us what's going on at Irish Seed Savers in the orchards, Jeremy. Uh, so we've had a... There's, been, there's a big crop of uh, apples this year, so we've our annual uh, tasting tours were last week they started um, last Wednesday and then right through to Sunday <coughs> which was which was fantastic we were able to bring large groups through the orchards and uh, people come they want to taste the apples there's such a diverse range of apples available and it really blows people's minds when they go yeah. into the orchard just to see the different colours and shapes and just this who's the diversity and what a traditional orchard can look like mm. when it's managed organically. Uh, so yeah, we had great uh, feedback from that. It was lovely. It's a lovely thing to do to set up. A, we had the display set up, and we had uh, local cheese and uh, local bread sent down to us. And uh, Killian had made uh, jam and jellies. Nice. We made apple rings, so it was a real kind of taste experience, and uh, wow. everyone really enjoyed it. So yeah. yeah. It was uh, f really fun to do. Nice. And Killian, you're well, well, not new to Irish Seed Savers, you're relatively new to the team. Uh, yeah, that's right. I started, um, say, um, at the end of July, but, say, over the years, I've known um, Tommy and Nisha Hayes, um, Pat Malone and Cormac Griffith, mm. um, Mara and Dawn. Yeah. And actually, quite interesting, um, when I was about 14, I did a grafting course with Cormac, and I, I got a grafting knife that time. Yeah. And um, say after that, I, I kept on, I suppose, um, that inspired my interest in collecting and grafting varieties. So I, I started at a young age, but yeah. it, it was actually because I met Cormac Griffith and um, had the, the opportunity to, to take part in a grafting course at, at, at a young age, yeah. it kind of really inspired me to pursue that nice. um, from, from a young age and also um, I've I've known Tommy since I was a child because um, my family's involved in music and um, always when I'd be Tommy and Nisha growing up as a child um, we'd always have great conversations about apples and trees yeah. and you know the flavours of different varieties as well so um, yeah so I, I started back in uh, July um, I was assisting with um, bud grafting in the field and mm. then um, say a lot of kind of conservation stuff you know mm. uh, apple identification yeah. and um, you know locating old orchards so it's um, yeah it's You're being been quite busy, busy but it's yeah. very very satisfying and there's no limit to what you can learn yeah. uh, day to day Absolutely. and just trying to um, yeah, just kind of build on that the yeah, whole time. Nice. Well, well, I'm sure they're greatly benefiting from your long-held knowledge in, in apples and interest in it as well. And Jeremy, I know um, Irish Seed Service obviously have uh, their own kind of podcast that they've done with Jim uh, Collins to actually capture all of the history of seed savers, the work that's been done. You yourself come from quite a, a good background within apple research and apple interests. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah, I suppose... Uh like Kelly and I've been involved as a child <coughs> growing up. Uh, I'm from Tyrone, but it's within the Archdiocese of Armagh. 
and uh, that's the, the Orchard of Ireland, so there was no escaping Old yeah. Orchard. Yeah. And it's funny, uh, when you're a kid, it's just this kind of a way of life, and I'm very lucky to know all four of my grandparents, and they all they all had apple trees and orchards, mm. and it wasn't anything untoward, like it was just how they got on. But it's funny, when you, as you get older, and... Uh, these things disappear and the mm. people disappear. That's that's what's only then when you really start to value the the work of uh, preserving these old yeah. trees. And it's the same. I'm sure it was the same for Father McNeese and his mother Annie. Like they were seeing this in the fifties. And uh, I suppose I've just managed to see it at a later stage growing yeah. up. Uh, so it's it's privilege to be involved in Father's Orchard and Doctor Lamb's work and all the work at Tommy and Anita. So mm. I just find it. Uh, it's really satisfying to just yeah. be have that responsibility. Brilliant. And then obviously with the fact that the like the potted trees and the bare root trees are now coming on sale, how do you actually determine what varieties that you're actually going to make available each year? Um, well, there's a few factors in that. The varieties we make available to the public is determined by... Uh, we have because we have such a large collection we have over 180 named irish varieties and then we we have varieties that are still under research that we've been dna testing so we have a conservation strategy plan nice. that we we have a basically a spreadsheet of and we ha we have to make sure we rotate we maybe do 60 varieties mm. a year in the in the bare root or field butter trees so we have to rotate as many of those varieties to make sure they're getting propagated and conserved and and sent out to the sort of wider Irish landscape and then we also have like well-known popular varieties mm. that uh, that we that we would graft almost every year because yeah. they're, they're very good quality and people people want them there's a huge demand for them so there's kind of a mix of things maybe I say maybe 30 percent would be varieties that we would constantly be mm. uh, chopping and changing and just just to make sure they're getting propagated and, and getting conserved and uh, I'd say that the rest would be kind of well well known Irish heritage varieties that people that people want. And what are the but highlights for this year? So what what varieties are the ones that you're quite excited about making available? Uh, there's one called Sweet William, and uh, you were actually there when yeah. when we got the the budwood sent over. I think it was 2016. It was, was that from Steve Marsh or who was it? It was found by Gordon. Well, it was accum accumulation of people. It was actually Burnwood Nurseries. Uh, in England, had came across it, and it, it was in. It was mentioned in Doctor Lamb's collection, this variety, Sweet William, and um, it had been totally lost mm. from Ireland. It was a lost variety, and it actually turned up in a private collection in, in Oregon, in America, and uh, it was spotted by um, Derek and Burnwood Nurseries, who contacted Gordon Reed, who who said, "Yeah, this matches all the descriptions of Sweet William." So we set about the kind of process of re repatriating it, and we got budwood sent over from America. And uh, by the time it got to Ireland, it was basically dried sticks. Mm. So it was a, we, we, it was propagated, and it's absolutely a miracle that we got so many trees out of it. So now we're at the stage where we we we've planted this in our orchards. We've got good parent trees of this variety, and then we're able to take cuttings of that, and then we're able to upscale the kind of production of this variety. So to answer your question, this year yes, we have a lot of Sweet William, and uh, I'm very excited to be able to kind of make that available, and that, that ultimately helps with our mission statement in conserving this variety. Nice. And what's your favourite? Of, 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 of all the apple trees? Yeah. Well, I go through phases, it changes on a kind of a daily basis, the flavours 
at this time of year the flavours change all the time but I suppose if I had to pick one it would have to be Mrs Perry yeah um, it's just a, such a, an abundant tree it, it always produces well you can use the apples for a, a multitude of purposes and a, it's a very beautiful character it's a self-rooter as well I'm very fond of uh, the self-rooters and the potential that we have to to grow trees on their own rootstocks in Ireland without grafting so and uh, it's an old tradition the pitching tradition or the self-rooting varieties and especially in the west coast yeah so. i was going to say it wasn't a particular tradition here in clare with regard to was it when people got married that they were given yeah birth, you know birth, births and marriages and we actually we we have a tommy self-rooting orchard at seed savers that it's the only self-rooting orchard really in europe mm. and it has tommy was fascinated with these varieties as well that's fantastic um, and can i ask so yeah, Killian, what's your favorite um, well, like what Jeremy had mentioned, um, the flavour of an apple can change day to day mm. and even, well, say, because apples are seasonal and each variety comes down in succession, I suppose I'd have a favourite variety in August, favourite variety is in exactly. September. Yeah. Maybe, um, well, at the moment, two of my favourites are Kerry Pippin yeah. and this very unusual apple called um, White Russet or Dwyer. Mm. It's one we have in Paris Orchard. It's a big type of um, a big apple, and it's in storage. It, it tastes kind of um, very complex, you know. Mm. It kind of has russet and it's sweet, and it's very unusual, you know. Yeah. All, all the different flavors. But um, there's a second one I came across recently, but I'm having it DNA tested. I'm still trying to identify it. It's this lovely russet apple I found in Loch Gur. Okay. Um, probably one of the sweetest apples I've ever tasted um, but I think it's probably a historic variety called pineapple russet right. but I'm still trying to identify yeah. it but um, I suppose in, in August then um, Irish peach is nice mm. if you get it off the tree in time um, and um, this old Victorian variety called Lady Sudley it grows oh, a lot yeah, of places in Kerry but that's a great one because um, you pick it in late August maybe and you, s you have to keep it around five, six days and you taste one an apple a day off mm. it and then it reaches its perfection in, in taste. But the interesting then, thing then is um, a few days later, say the, the flavour of an apple is gone. Mm. So you know you have to wait 10 months yes. till you can actually taste that flavour again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the exciting thing. Um, even when we had orchard tours and we brought people around, um, say Gibbons Russet mm. tasted different um, last Sunday because it was kind of a crisp morning, mm. a, a bit cold, um, but then, then even the sun began to ripen it by the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. So we had the second tour, sorry, that's Saturday actually, we had the second tour around three o'clock and Gibbons Russet tasted totally different. It's amazing so it's that the such a difference day to day. Yeah, because my one, I I think like Strippy definitely was one for me, and also was it Eight Square, which I always thought was such a weird name for an apple. Yeah. Um, but like that because as you look at it, it, it has the squares on it, um, just at the at the core. Um, the other one then was Blood of the Boyne. Oh yeah. And that's do you have that on sale this year? Well, like they had a phone call. story behind it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I had a story. Before I came here, that's why we were a bit late, Jen. I was on the phone to a man from, he's actually from Tyrone, and he's been trawling the nurseries around uh, Ireland trying to get hold of a blood of the boy. Yeah. And we actually, 
we actually don't. We had one tree of it in uh, in seed series, and it uh, got blown over in a <gasps> no! storm. Yeah. But remember, we went up to to Loch Gall to do the DNA yes, work in yeah. 2019, and I saw there was five trees of Blood of the Boyne, and we propagated um, a lot of them then. But we sold them nearly all the next year. Uh, but we kept one on. MM111 rootstock yeah. uh, which is a huge one isn't it yeah so we, 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 we planted that but yeah. that, that that's kind of delayed and I didn't get up to Arma to get Budwood this year to, to graft it so that's kind of set us back but well I'm putting my, my order in now blood of the boy yeah. is the uh, one that yeah. I want it's <laughs> hugely popular like we could, we could sell yeah. it a hundred times and, and even I suppose one of the things as well is that people are always very connected to the apple tree you've grown up there's either apple trees in your house or your parents house your grandparents house the the house where my parents live and that I grew up in, like my parents moved in when I was a week old and the house was built to make sure that it didn't impact two very old apple trees. Yeah, yeah. And oh. one of them didn't half of it fall down oh, only yeah, the yeah. other week. Did it? Yeah, my mother said she was just watching the television and she just said she just saw bit by bit just this whole thing suddenly oh. just went very gently on the ground, but it had split completely. Yeah. And it just turned out that it was like near the base was quite hollow, but the other half seemed to be fine. Yeah. But it was just that kind of thing of like that tree, like I'm 47, so that tree was definitely there 47 years ago, yeah. but they were established by then. So you're talking about it could be 70 year old. Mm. And it's just when that goes, it is that element of, oh God, it's the end of an era in a yeah. way. And so how can people, when they have maybe curiosity about the type of apple trees that they have, or if they want to, you know, to determine, okay, well, my, you know, this was in my grandparents' house, I'd like to graft it and, and maybe plant it here. How can they find out what variety it is? Uh, do you want to test it? Or, uh? Yeah, um, I suppose this is a lot of the the work that myself and Killian have been have been doing. Killian Killian came on board in, in July, but he has been heavily involved in this in the our most recent DNA project to determine. We've got uh, some genetic uh, granted money to do some DNA testing on old orchards all over Ireland. So we set about since uh, March really. And we had targeted a lot of people come to us all the time, mm. uh, a lot of bigger orchards. So we had a huge list of uh, orchards to research. So we decided we'd really give it a go um, this year. So we were around a lot of uh, old Anglo estates. Burr Castle had a huge orchard, uh, Bantry House, Dunsany Castle uh, in Meath. And then there was a lot of uh, sort of ecclesiastical places. The Franciscan Monastery on Ackle mm. Island had an old orchard. So a lot of uh, old farms, derelict cottages, has trees, especially on the west coast out the back. So we set us, we, we did 350 DNA samples since wow. June. So we're just analysing that, those results, the, the last of the results have just come in. So uh, we're, we're writing the report mm. on that to, to try and inform uh, what, uh, what, how we'll do research going forward. But the, the purpose of that was to find unique varieties mm. that are genetically unique to the island of Ireland yeah. so that we can conserve them. I presume that will also help, like that if somebody then says they want to DNA their tree, that yeah. you've probably now got a, a much more informed collection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So about database, so that project was a snapshot of what traditional orchards are like now mm. in Ireland, so we can look at that and say what are the varieties. And there is, there's about 15% of those tests are totally unique Irish varieties. Wow. Yeah. So we'll... Yeah, that's some very interesting points. And I suppose one thing we realise is, um, say, it's it's a, it's a snapshot of um, 
certain types of orchards, mm. which were mainly, say, landed estates and um, big, big old castles, monasteries. And say historically they would they would have been connected to, um, we won't say colonialism, but say, um, you know, because Ireland had a divided history between mm. say the native Irish population and say an influx of um, planted families. And mm. um, one thing we'd found, and, and and we still notice, is when we visit a lot of your orchards, you find historic Victorian varieties, um, and say, very old English varieties, even going back to the 1700s, mm. 1800s. So um, you wouldn't find as many native varieties in in, in, the, in the landed in landed estates, um, but you would find the odd unique ones, sometimes native varieties side by side with um, Victorian varieties. But like as a study in itself, um, say it's, 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 it's yielded so much um, I suppose insight mm. as to as to what you'd find, but say adding on to uh, what Jeremy had mentioned about getting um, stuff tested, I suppose um, there are two things that I had talked about. Um, well, basically, Fruit ID, which mm. is a website over in England, offers DNA testing of apple trees uh, to the public, and that was say promoted in, Ar- in Ireland through seed savers. Mm. Well, initially, um, seed savers promoted it, but um, say you'd send samples across the lab in England and you'd have to wait up to 12 months. But more recently, in the past year, we have began to offer it to, you know, um, volunteers and members of the public, um, f- you know, to test, to see if you have a unique variety. Mm. But... but um, so that's, let me say, um, that's a great piece of kind of information to. So they to can go emphasize. through you. They can go through seed savers then. Well, it's. Uh, do you want to? Kind yeah, of, I'll, uh, there's a bit more to it. Expand on that. The, the first point, fruit idea, is the website. So um, I know, I know when you were there, Jim, the whole Irish collection was DNA profiled, and seed savers create the national collection. To have a national collection, you need three backup kind of. There's a mm. plate, there's a there's an orchard in UCD and also one in Loch Gall. So we actually have to align all these orchards. They were managed historically by different organisations and different people, but now it's kind of all under the same banner. And we work closely with UCD to make sure that we have all the same varieties so they're to cu- sort of curate the national collection. So all these varieties have been DNA profiled. We know uh, what is genetically unique to Ireland. What is duplicates. This all went into the Fruit ID database. So mm. if we are, as we're testing now, we're sort of applying this technology to the, the broader sort of Irish landscape. Um, th- we're able to, to DNA test uh, a, a, an apple tree and then compare the results t- to all the Irish collection, the UK collection, European collection, American collection. So if, yeah. if there's no match, then that would suggest it's either it's, it's, a, it's a unique variety. And yeah. then myself and Killian's job is to then look further into that and try and find a heritage value or was this variety used mm. by communities yeah. was this um, passed around oh lovely so to actually find the, the history yeah. of so it's, yeah. it's quite interesting wow. yeah. that technology is not, can now be applied it's much cheaper now to do that and we have got some funding to be able to do it but this, this really is a five year project yeah. so as you know um, funding is 
crucial to all these yeah, things. Yeah. But hopefully through this report that we're doing now, we've, we stopped testing for this round. We're going to write a very comprehensive report and then we're going to use that report to, to get more funding to continue the to continue testing. Brilliant. So at the minute, I would probably suggest that if you have a tree to contact us and uh, we will hopefully... Well, the thing I realise, what I often do myself is because I visit a lot of places and I survey uh, trees. Um, around, believe it or not, like probably more than fifty percent of the, of the, of all trees I see mm. that are less than a hundred years old would be brownies. Yeah. So I suppose um, I try to identify fruit um, where I can. Mm. Um, and then also, you know, you'll have a handful of people who can help you identify as well. Yeah. Um, so you know, um, if you know it's a brownie or if you, if you know it's an old um, grenadier, yeah. you know obviously there's no need to get a DNA tested. But mm. at the same time, if you're interested in getting grafted, uh, we do have grafting courses. Like yes. if the tree, if your grenadier tree is mm. dying and it's been in your family for hundred years and you'd like to propagate, mm. um, it's a great thing to learn to do yourself it's amazing actually yeah because when I first started with seed savers that was one of the first things I did I said I'll go and do the grafting course so mm. I ended up I had a, a Cavan sugar cane and a Kerry Pippin and oh, yeah, I actually yeah, yeah. gifted them to friends then Lovely, and they, yeah, they yeah. now have them but I, I suppose I just want to add a caveat for people to not suddenly rock on up to seed servers with all of your apples and yeah. Yeah, you know, the DNA is done by the leaf rather yeah. than by the yeah, apple uh, and in June but it's funny we so is it in June? Is it April to June, or is it June specifically? Um, best the best time to get the best leaf samples is um, June. Yeah. But we can July as well. But uh, the, we we targeted this project just for logistical reasons. Mm. We tried to get all the sampling done in June. Because I know that I've been there before in seed savers where people have rocked on up with bags yeah. of apples and uh, go, "What yeah. is this?" And you go, "We get that quite a bit." Like <laughs> yeah, we can look at them, and yeah. uh, you can usually you can usually identify them. I like to do that. Yeah. Well, I think it's a, it's a great skill to have. And I suppose just leading into this then as well, um, so when is the actual bare root collection going on sale? So we have we have potted trees available from the shop now, um, okay. and there's a good selection still. And then we will be putting the bare root collection on in the first week of October, so not next week, but the following week. And, and they uh, have sold out quite quickly in the last few years, haven't they? The previous two years, they've... They've sold out within ten days, so if even that, I think it was well, five yeah. five days two years yeah, ago for yeah, sure. Yeah. So they're they're very hugely popular, and that's yeah. another challenge for seed savers. A good challenge for us to grow is to kind of meet the demand um, mm. simultaneously while doing a lot of the, the preservation and conservation work. And are you doing work with? Have you other land, pla other places that you're actually growing trees? Um, yeah, we are. Work. We have a site in Wicklow, a site in Tipperary, and then we have another additional site in Clare and and um, a site in Seed Savers. Wow, so brilliant. it's um, yeah, it's, it's really expanding. But I, it's wonderful to actually know because the demand is there. Yeah. And um, but also the importance of protecting the collections. It, it's so valuable. Yeah, and it's um, I suppose it's, yeah, I suppose there's three there's three as uh, there's three main elements to who Seed Savers as an organisation. There's the yeah. preservation, which is like of going out doing DNA testing, talking to people, finding old varieties, mm. surveying orchards, and then there is mm. the conservation work, which is um, the work in the orchards, um, managing the trees, pruning them, and then there's the utilisation, which would be 
that would be yeah. the growing, scaling up uh, the, the nurseries, the potted nursery and uh, the, the field growing operation. But education comes into that, there's grafting courses, orchard design mm. courses, pruning courses as well. So there's a lot within those it's three It's never things. ending, it's, yeah. It's um, never ending. And yeah. there's a lot of potential there yeah. and, uh, for jobs as well. Like there's yeah. a lot of uh, employment opportunities with upscaling the sites as mm. well. And we're finding more and more people want to learn. Like So we're training up a lot of... Uh, people to be able to propagate yeah. and be able to manage or sustainable in that sense as well yeah. yeah well i think it's so like i mean like i finished up with seed savers a year and a bit ago but i like it's so wonderful obviously under the new management of the lane Bradley um, and also yourselves is to actually see it, the organization thrive and actually to see so much more reaching out to people like that going and actually going visiting the old monasteries the old gardens getting yeah. that like it's so valuable and I know it's what Anita and Tommy set out to do what, 31 nearly 32 years yeah. ago so thank you very much for all the work that you do and um, in terms of people looking to then actually buy the trees mm-hmm. how can they do so well you can visit seed savers uh, today if you if yeah. you wish and uh, there's a good selection at the shop of potted trees mostly one-year-old potted trees and you're normally open is it Tuesday to Saturdays Tuesdays to Saturdays yeah, yeah. Um, so over the, the coming weeks now I would say that they will sell out quite quickly as well great and then you can buy online at, at, when they go live in the first week of October and that's irishseedsavers.ie yes and then just to remind everyone that in collaboration with Scarif Bay Community Radio Irish Seed Savers have their own podcast um, where they've actually been talking about the various things and the various work that Irish Seed Savers does so check that out on Podbean or you can go to Scarif Bay Radio, am I right? What's the, the website? Scarf Bay Radio. Radio.ie.com. Scarf Bay Radio.com. So, Jeremy and Killian, thank Thanks you so much. much for your time. Keep up the great work, and we look forward to hearing more about Seed Savers in the future. Thanks, Jen. Th- thanks very much.